Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot of the Press. I am Mariah of Mariah Creates, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Jillian of Studio Soprano. And today, we are talking about something that we have mentioned on the podcast approximately 20 million times. Um, We've never really gotten too deep into this subject, um, but it felt kind of wrong to not really go into what makes it the go-to for printers and designers everywhere and what makes it uh, so commonly referenced on our episodes. Um, If you don't know what we're guessing, what we're talking, if you haven't guessed what we're talking about yet, they just announced the 2023 color of the year and that made it feel like an especially great time to dive into this subject. So here we go. Let's talk about Pantone. Pantone! (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to cover a little bit of the history about the company, and then I want to talk about the different types of guides. There are quite a few. Um, And then how we use the Pantone guide for letterpress specifically. Um, So yeah, let's let's get into it. I'm I'm settling in to learn something. (laughs) (laughs) So um, a little about the history of the company, about Pantone itself. So um, in 1963, Pantone created the Pantone matching system, aka PMS, and they rocked the printing industry. Um, The system became the standard for articulating and reproducing a consistent color anywhere, anytime, any place. Um, because colors are super subjective. You know, when I say light blue, it could mean literally an infinite different shades of light blue. When I say light blue, you probably think of a completely different version of light blue than I see in my head. So how we described color is just really abstract. And the Pantone matching system was meant to allow designers to color match specific colors, um, no matter, regardless of the equipment used to produce that color and no matter what the printing method is or whether it was a textile and all of that. So if you called me or faxed me or emailed me or sent me a letter with a specific Pantone color, you could expect to get your product back in the mail with the right color of light blue. So um, basically the tool essentially organizes colors by a proprietary numbering system and a chip format. Uh, which is kind of the iconic symbol of the brand even today. You'll picture it like if you're if you're even remotely familiar, you're probably picturing a little block of color with a little number and maybe a name below it. Um, and that is exactly what it is. There are several different guides, but they support all different kinds of industries like textiles and beauty, apparel, interiors, architecture, and of course, printing. Um, between 1963 and 1983, the color catalog expanded to about 747 colors. So that's kind of the first rounds of their, you know, growing color palette. And then in the eighties, licenses for software and computer programs came into play, um, including Adobe and HP and Xerox, Microsoft, Canon, many others, you know, we're starting to think about like 
using these colors in the digital realm for design processes and then photos and that kind of thing too. And then um, in 1987, they increased their color palette with metallics and pastels. And then the process color system became kind of in, uh, kind of come in, comes into play with about 3000 colors. So in, you know, less than 30 years, they've gone from the very beginning all the way up to these 3000 different colors in their, in their guide. In 1999, they started announcing the color of the year, and the inaugural color uh, for that year was cerulean. I don't know about you, but does that make you think of the Devil Wears Prada? Because I, that like immediately came to mind. I was like, "Wait, when was the Devil Wears Prada produced, and why was that so relevant?" Like, I just yeah. laughed so hard when I read that. I was like, "No way!" Yeah. Um, and if you didn't already know, there's actually a Pantone app as well for your phone. They uh, created my Pantone, uh, in 2008, it later became known as Pantone studio and is now available for download and a subscription today. And this kind of allows you to pull Pantone from images, your surroundings, um, and you kind of have a Pantone guide in your pocket 24 seven. It, it doesn't have formulas, so it's not super necessarily helpful for letterpress, but for digital designers or people who just really love color, it's a great option. Um, there are other color systems out there. So Pantone is not the only one. I would say it's definitely like the most common one and it is definitely the most, uh, I think well, well known one. And there's other ones like, so natural color system and then the Munsell color system, but these systems are based on underlying color models rather than pigment mixtures, which we're going to get into kind of the formulas and how that all comes around. But um, so it's kind of different. They're based on color models and rather than like a formula based program. So definitely not the same, definitely not created equal. Um, but yeah, there you have it. So that's a quick rundown of Pantone from 1963 <laughs> to today. Uh, 60 years in a real hot minute there. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of different guides and the guides have some similarities. So throughout the guide, they're organized, the colors are displayed with a coordinating number. That's the Pantone, you know, kind of, uh, what did I call it? The proprietary numbering system. And then there's a color chip. And so they're usually printed on a hundred pound paper. Like they pick a stock that is really common. It's like a bright white. It's pretty traditional. It's nothing too crazy. It's just like every other paper you've ever seen. Um, the idea is that like printing it on that color paper will be easy to represent. Like it'll accurately represent what the color is going to look like and what you're most likely going to be printing on. Um, the books or the guides are usually in a fan kind of format and they're organized in chromatic order. So they have an index in the back of the guide, but it's not like, it's not like organized by number. So if you're looking for number 100, it's probably not going to be on page, you know, 100. Um, it's going to be organized by color. So and when you look at them and they fan them out, they're a beautiful gradient. It's it's gorgeous. Um, but it definitely requires you to use the index in the back of the guide if you're looking for a specific number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there are basically five different types of guides. And again, in this fan format, same concept. Um, there is a CMYK guide. It comes in uncoded and coded. There are 2,868 CMYK colors in that guide. There's like 1,800 that are coded and 1,600 something that are uncoded. It includes the CMYK values. So if you go into your computer and you plug in these CMYK values, your printer is going to print them with those values. And that's what you're going to get, that Pantone color, right? So this is kind of your formula for CMYK. 
Um, those guys, if you want to buy both of them, are $181. I'm including pricing because this is a common pain point in our world. <laughs> I just want everyone to be able to reference how expensive these guides can be, um, especially when they say you're supposed to replace them, like, what, every year, 18 months or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. The next guide is the Pastels and Neons, and that also comes in solid coated and uncoated. There's about 200 colors in there, including pastels and different neons. And that guide is $128. Wow. Uh, the Metallics guide, solid and uh, unco- um, coated, sorry, solid coated guide is going to have 655 metallic colors for print and packaging. And that guide is 184 bucks. Then there's the formula guide, which is definitely what Jillian and I are going to be using when we go, when it comes to letterpress printing. And it comes in both solid coated and uncoated versions. So as far as coated and uncoated goes, the color ending, like if the number, example, 226 ends in a U, it's an uncoated Pantone color. If it's 226C, it's a coated color. And that's important to know, like, I've had a B2B client send me a file and they want you know, 146C. And I'm like, okay, but that's going to be a little different than 146U. And so that's where you kind of like, you kind of have to think about, okay, do they want, like, do I need to pick a color that accurately represents this, you know, coded version, just in uncoded format? Like, if are you going to color match? Or are they going to go back to their guide and look for an uncoded one that they like? Um, so it's important to note that if your color ends with a C versus a U, um, those two colors will print completely differently. Um, and the current formula guide has 2,390 colors in it. These formula guides are used just like all the other ones they are used to select and match, uh, inks, but this one is also used to mix ink. And, uh, the uncoded guide is usually the best match for letterpress printers because most of what we're printing is on uncoded paper stock and paper matters. We'll talk about a little bit later when we're talking about printing with Pantone colors, but paper matters, uncoded versus coded definitely matters. Um, so these are all things to consider. The last guide I want to talk about is the color bridge guide. And this also comes in coded and uncoded. Yay. And each color. So this guide is a little different. Most of these books have on each page, I think it's six different colors with one block of color, the information below it another block of color, information below it. The color bridge guide is kind of interesting because there's actually two little color blocks for each one. And there's a solid one and there's a coded one. And um, I'm sorry, there's a solid one and a CMYK one. And below those colors are the, under solid, there's RGB and HTML color codes. And then on the, under the CMYK one, it has the CMYK values. So this bridge guide is, I think, ideal for anyone who's doing like digital printing, uh, virtual or like digital design of any kind. So when you're working on a computer, web-based, um, you know, making email graphics or logos, things like that, this is where you're going to want to use that color bridge guide. And um, yeah, I just think it's kind of a handy one. Like if I were to pick a second guide for me to have, in addition to my uncoded one with the formula guide, it'd be this one, just because I think for anyone who's working digitally, this is probably the most valuable. Um, and if you're only doing digital printing, this is probably number one across the board. Um, yeah, so the only thing that the color bridge guide does not have, which makes it a second choice in my opinion, is that it doesn't contain any kind of ink mixing formula. So if you're actually mixing ink to match a color, this doesn't help you that much. If you're printing CMYK digitally, great. Otherwise, um, you're going to need the formula guide if you're doing letterpress printing. 
They have a ton of other products, of course. Pantone has actually a really fun like mix of lifestyle things. Um, I only have part of the collection, but they have like coffee cups and water bottles and keychains and umbrellas and post-it notes and literally all the things. So if anyone is Christmas shopping for someone who's a designer or like a total color nerd, then just go look at Pantone website because it's it's pretty clutch. Um, but they also have things like chip guides where you can like rip off a little chip of a color and you can give it to your client or send it to your client, um, which is like a great way to physically show them what the color will look like. Um, doesn't include any formula information, but it could be handy if you're doing a lot of like consulting or really high end clients where you want to give them the Pantone color for them to see um, if they're making a tough choice and they can't decide, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Pantone is actually owned by X-Rite and they are a color measurement uh, like company. So they do a lot of like um, creating like instruments to help you like identify color and very like check color and all of that. It's color measurement tools. So um, kind of a like an amazingly appropriate match in, in heaven, I think. But um, <laughs> they so Pantone does sell like some of those measuring devices. They also have like a formula scale, which I need to read more about, but I may add that to my Christmas wish list. Um, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of other things that they offer. And there's all different kinds of like combination packs if you want to buy multiple guides, um, that kind of thing. And they um, just announced the color of the year, which is Viva Magenta. And <laughs> we'll put a link into this because Viva it's Magenta. kind of fun to like look at like the previous like colors of the year because some of them are really bad and some of them are really great. Um, did you look at any of these, Jillian? Um, I'm looking. I mean, I feel like I know some of them just. Yeah, from being. But I am around. now. Yeah. So, like, 2021 was two colors, which I I thought was really weird. I loved the coral one. Yeah, the coral was great. I liked also, like, I kind of liked the 2022 very peri, like a periwinkle purple. I liked that. I think that that was, like, a fun and kind of unique color. The 2016 rose quartz, I feel like that's, like, such a millennial, like, it's like a a, a running joke now. It's like millennial pink. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. 2009 was mimosa. I love that. It looks like a mimosa. But 2010, turquoise. Okay. Like, so the color of the year, like, there's all kinds of, like, theories and ideas behind, like, their trend forecasting and stuff, right? So this color of the year is supposed to be, like, you're going to be seeing it in, uh, like, home goods and clothing and all of that stuff, right? Well, like, everyone think back to 2010, And, like, the colored jeans that definitely came in turquoise with, like, the black and white chevron patterns. Like, does that not just scream 2010 to you? Like, when you think about it, like, I love it. I don't know. There's got to be some good history to this. I don't have good enough memory to remember what was happening in 2010. Um, (laughs) That was my freshman to sophomore year in college. So I really don't remember anything. (laughs) lol okay this is interesting though they also did two colors in 2016 weird so i wonder what they're i wonder how they decide that it's going to be two. like what like the committee just like it's a tie i guess yeah Yeah. maybe maybe that's a good question i would love to know how they choose the color of the year yeah i don't think they really like they didn't really get into like i think you can watch like a video but i did not want to watch a video let me just tell you, the one thing I don't like doing is watching videos to explain things. Yeah. Uh, according to them, um, 
The selection process requires thoughtful consideration and trend analysis. To arrive at the selection each year, Pantone's color experts at the Pantone Color Institute comb the world looking for new influences. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a job I would totes love. Yeah, can you imagine just like carrying around a Pantone book and being like, ooh, this one. No, this one. No, this one. No, this one. That'd be fun. Sounds like a good time. Like it's like it's like up there with naming nail polish colors. It that's my question is is vivid magenta a new color in the Pantone book or is it a color that has always been there? I believe it's always been there because its number is one eight one seven five zero. I assume that that has like where's your guide? Go get it. Okay, but okay, here's a great Here's a great point as to, so at the beginning of the episode, we mentioned that like it's a love-hate relationship and it is not just because of the cost of these guides. This, what I'm about to say, is the essential pain point for me for Pantone. Mm-hmm. 818-1750 is not going to be in my guide. That's, That's not true. the numbering system that is used in my guide. So That is very true. Mariah. If I yes. wanted to find what 18-1750 is in the uncoded formula guide, like how do I even go about doing that? I That's have to a great use that question. app, don't I? I think you'd have to either use the app or the color bridge guide. Um, if I, I am don't not... know if the bridge guide, does the I bridge think... guide break it down into the... No, I think you'd have to have both. Like, I think you'd have to use the bridge guide to get the Pantone oh, coded. And then color. I match it. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. Okay, well, but, um, I am in the so app you, right now and I am going to search this color. Me too. So this color appear, apparently is, um, <laughs> the. it looks like the guide that it comes out of is the FHI. This is what I'm talking about. This, the. <laughs> This process makes my head hurt so much. Well, so what Why I can't it be is easier, like, Pantone? You have a monopoly on the world of color. Make it a little so easier. It's so true. So what I wonder is like the Pantone color of the year, when you search for it in the app, it says um, FHI Cotton TCX. So I'm wondering if it's textiles book. That's like the color number is from a textiles book. Yeah. Um I don't know. I'm feeling a little annoyed that I don't have answers for you on this. <laughs> but I am very glad that we're illustrating this for everyone so that, like, if you're just starting out, you haven't dabbled into this, just know that you will need the formula guide to mix your inks if you want to be matching Pantones. If you want to be that person where somebody can say to you, hey, I want Pantone 1750 um uncoded you would need the formula guide to be able to match that but that does not answer all of your questions it does not solve all of your problems because there is a whole bunch of other conundrum crap that goes on with this okay so the color of the year is from the fhi so this 18-1570 or whatever is from the fhi color guide which is the fashion home and interiors color guide so the different books probably have different like number codes um but that's where the color like originates so hypothetically if you were to go to the formula guide i think i think you still have to do the whole bridge guide to get the coded and then go to coded and uncoded and combine the (laughs) combine the powers that be um 
but yeah, it's just, it's, this is, this is like the summary of what's frustrating about Pantone is that like, it's not like your formula guide uncoded version has every color ever in, invented. It doesn't even have all the Pantone colors to ever exist. So that's where Pantone really gets frustrating is like, it's not like there aren't plenty of colors to choose from, but the problem is that the one color you want to match is inevitably not in your Pantone guidebook. And then all of a sudden you need like all these other things um, just to, just to figure it out. So yeah, Viva Magenta. It's a, I don't know. How would you describe the color? Like a, pretty rosy red color i don't know it's kind of like pomegranate yeah it is kind of pomegranate it's like a it's a deep magenta i feel yeah. like it's a very true i am currently now on <laughs> i am now on a spiral because i pay for this stupid pantone app and the reason it's the reason that i don't think i can look up the color is because it's telling me that i need to like start my free trial, but I pay $4.99. So what what is that $4.99 getting me here? Like yeah, what I don't know. What am I doing wrong, Mariah? Mine came right up though, so I don't know. Okay, so funny story. When you're looking at the Pantone website and you go to the color of the year like section and you look at the formula guide that's like a special color of the year edition, right? The front of the book is the color. It has the color of the year, Viva Magenta 18-1750. The page they have open to is 71C for the coded one. And the color looks very similar. <laughs> and it's Pantone 4073. It is not anything related to 18-1750. <laughs> Whatever. Pantone, we have questions. Please contact us at hello at Um <laughs> <laughs> I do love that on their website they have like an explore the magenta verse, which funny on them. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy the pale dogwood color and the pale khaki and the plein air. Yes, so the color palette is gorge. The color palette is very much my vibe. I am yeah. super, super into it. Um Okay, well, we got really far off track here, but that's okay. I think, no, I think we're directly on track. Yeah, perfect. Um, Okay, so (laughs) the color of the year has been a fun trend since 1999. Um, You can go to their website and look at the other years because it is pretty fun to kind of like think about how those colors were prevalent in those years. I think that's absolutely accurate. And it's kind of fun to look back with like a hindsight perspective. Um, particularly rose quartz and turquoise speak to me, but um, there are some other ones in there that are good too. And now I think we should get into talk about like Pantones and how they apply to letterpress. Yes, please. Let's. So um, mention it briefly, but we are going to be referencing for letterpress mixing of ink, the solid uncoated formula guide. And that is used because most letterpress jobs are printed on uncoated stocks. So the coated one is going to print a little differently than the uncoated ones will. So there are 18 base colors that are all listed in the guide in addition to all the formulas. And uh, there are things like reflex blue and black and transparent white and um, green and yellow and 032 red and warm red and rubine red. Um, There's 18 different base colors and you can buy them all or you can start with like a set of the six basics depending on where you're at in your letterpress journey. You don't have to have all 18. 
I certainly do not have all 18. Um, You just have to get a little crafty if you don't have all of them sometimes. And there are in the current guide of 2300 or more colors and they all have a formula that's made up of any combination of those base colors. And sometimes you'll look at two pages next to each other that look similar, but one will be uh, warm red and one will be rubine red and that'll make all the difference. So, you know, those base colors may not all be necessary, but you're going to need to get familiar with what to do to kind of balance out the difference in those different colors. And most printers are going to be using a scale. You'll do the math to convert the formula to the number of grams of ink that you're going to be needing. And depending on how much you're printing with that color, um, you probably don't want to mix that much. So the math may get a little tricky, but you'll just have to go back to your grade school, uh, middle school, I don't know, high school, depending on the formula, but um, <laughs> math class to, <laughs> to sort that out. And so you're just going to take, the, we like to put a little bit of acetate on our scale and then do a little dollop of whatever ink you're weighing out. And then just take that little acetate, move it off to the side until you've got all your colors weighed out. Then move them onto your ink mixing uh, palette. I have a glass one that I'll put a link in our show notes for. Um, that is great. And it's nice and big and it's white underneath. So it's easy to kind of see the color. And um, you'll, you're supposed to mix the colors from largest percentage to the smallest. And definitely when you're mixing ink, remember that dark inks will always have a more intense pigmentation and too much of that color can be very dramatic. So definitely be conservative when adding colors like reflex blue, black. I think Jillian has a has a dislike of mixing a lot of the green, right? Is the green one that you don't like mixing that much of? Uh, well, the green one for me is just uh, like using the base color green. The texture of it is weird. Yes, the texture is weird. Yeah. So, so uh, that's not more about the pigment than it just is the ink itself. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like... But yeah, those blues can be... Da- like blue- And then um, also, like, if you're mixing something that needs a little bit of warmth and it calls for, like, rubine red, if you add even just a little too much of rubine red, you've gone pink. Yeah. Like, let's sure. say you were trying to mix a gray, but it's a warm gray, it may call for rubine red. You have to... Like, even if you've weighed it out, still just, like touch the corner of your palette knife into the ink and dab it into your mix and build up from there. Because if you like scoop the whole amount that the formula said to mix with, um, you may accidentally go too far. I think Charlie said this in our episode with him that like the Pantone formulas are suggestions. They are not the Bible. They're not exact measurements. And it, can even change depending on who you buy, um, not necessarily all your inks from, but most importantly, who you buy the base, like transparent white or opaque white from, because like the transparent white from letterpress inks is a little bit more yellow than the transparent white from Southern inks. And so I find myself, if I'm mixing with either opaque white or, Southern inks, transparent white, I have to add just the tiniest bit of yellow into every single formula, even if it's nowhere near a yellow, yeah. just to add back that warmth. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's sometimes anticipated to come from the transparent white. Totally. And I think a lot of this like comes with just trial and error and practicing and 
changing the color on the press, even if you're like, even if you don't want to, just sometimes it like a little dab of this, a little dab of that can make all the difference. Um, definitely have scrapped plenty of ink in our days trying to get the color right and it will never be the last time that we do it either. Um, you'll get like comfortable. And if you have a really good eye for like color theory with practice, I think anyone can learn kind of what they're looking for and hopefully, you know, be able to adapt their formula guide to that. And again, like Charlie said on our episode with Southern Ink, it is a guide. It is not a foolproof system. It is not perfect. And, you know, everything is totally, you know, dependent on what you see and what paper you're printing on and how much ink is on your press and all that too. But anywho, yeah. so combine it. Um, be careful when you're using your dark colors. And um, always remember that letterpress inks are translucent as well. So some hues are going to be more transparent than others. Um, and like if you're using opaque white in place of transparent white, that can affect your color as well and what it prints like. Um, I actually really like how my color prints when it's mixed with opaque white versus transparent white, whereas all Pantone recipes that have white in them are referring to transparent white. Um, as far as I know, maybe pastels yeah. is different. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So anyway, so, you know, that can make a big difference as well. And if you're not using all 18 of the base colors, if you only have a selection of them using the different blue or different red, that can make a huge difference as well. Um, the different color of paper that you're printing on, the darker the paper, the more it will shift the color. So if you're using like an eggshell, a deep ivory versus a super bright fluorescent white, those two those two papers the same ink color are going to print completely different and they also can dry differently and sometimes darker than when you printed them and they will also print differently on uncoated versus coated stock that we've talked about so try it all yourself you know do a little experiment um i actually like i still do this sometimes where like if i'm printing like an experimental design or color or if i just like want to test something out and I happen to have that color or something on the press, I will totally like throw a couple of random sheets of a different color of paper into my stack that I'm printing and print those too, just to see what it looks like. Um, and it's kind of fun to do that. You know, you get to try a few different things and see what works and what doesn't. Um, and literally just yesterday I was cleaning off a certain shade of pink on my press to put a different shade of pink on the press. I just literally put more white into it and put it back on the press. But, you know, adjustments are totally a part of the package. That's why it takes us so long to get everything print ready <laughs> and just adds up to why letterpress is expensive. Yeah. This past week, I had two projects that were going to require difficult colors because one of them... <clears throat> One of them was completely off book. It was not a Pantone that existed. It basically was like a pale beigey blush. Like it was neither blush, which in the Pantone deck, there's a lot of light pinks, but they're too pink. And there's almost no good beiges in the Pantone deck at all. Seriously. So I knew I was going to be mixing this one completely just on my own but yeah. what I did is I found the closest formula I was like okay if this was a little bit warmer and a few shades lighter this would be it so I pulled out all the primary colors from that formula put them all down on their own individual pieces of acetate started with opaque white because whenever I'm being experimental, I love using opaque white because while I'm mixing, I can see where that color direction is going. 
And I just started adding little by little by little and built up my own color. When I put it on the press, because I I like to err on the side of being lighter than darker, especially if I'm mixing something that's like in the beige range. Um, When I put it on the press, you would not have predicted it, but it straight up printed yellow because the yellow can be so strong that even though when pooled into its like, you know, little puddle of ink, it didn't look yellow at all. That's crazy. But it just printed like a very soft yellow. So then I scraped off everything that was on the ink disc, but left like what was on the rollers. And then I mixed a little more rubine red with the original color, knowing that it was probably going to go too pink which is why I left some of the yellow ink on the rollers because then yeah. as it all like balances out. meshed yeah. together, it balanced out. And in the end, I got the perfect color of pink. Now, luckily, it wasn't a super huge run. It was only like 120 prints. So I didn't have to like re-ink too much and worry about the balance getting knocked off. But um, that was like an experiment I had to do for that one. And then similarly one color that was in the Pantone deck that I mixed exactly as the guide said, I put it up on the press and it just didn't print out the way I wanted it to. It was just way too dark. And so I did exactly what you were just talking about where I just threw some opaque white onto the press, let it all kind of smoothed out. I took my palette knife and like kind of like scraped up the ink a few times on the ink disc and then like sort of remixed it a little bit and I just let it like kind of re-even out you know what I mean like I'm not completely washing up the press yeah which is what I used to do like if I got the ink wrong I used to wash up the whole press and start again but now I'm like can I adjust this without doing that and it will it sometimes it does take more time because you have to like literally let the ink redistribute yeah which could take time but it's an like if you're close and you could do it, if it's not a huge jump, then I think it's it's kind yeah. of a nicer way to do it. I I did take I did clean my press when I mixed white into mine. I mixed it on the ink palette, but um I I definitely feel like there are certain times when you're mixing like when you're fixing a color or adjusting a color where you're like you can totally gauge it. You get used to that level of like how far off is this color? Yes. How much ink can I leave on the press? Is it worth getting oil and cleaning solution on the press to add this color? Because yeah. whenever you clean the press and then add another color right to it, there's always a risk of there being too much oil left on the rollers or something. And like, is it worth the possibility of that happening? And it's like, there's definitely this level of contemplation that goes into it. You're like, hmm, how lazy can I be and get away with it to make this color right? Um, it's both lazy and ingenious. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I think one of the things I love is when we do a lot of wedding invitations, so this is mostly relevant to that field, but matching things like envelopes or ribbon yeah. or wax seal or whatever. I love when people like send me a sample of something that they want to match because it's way yeah. more accurate than you picking a Pantone, me mixing and printing that Pantone, you getting that thing back and seeing it, you know, like, because there's still like, it's still a game of telephone. Like, you know, my eyes versus your eyes versus your Pantone book versus my Pantone book. You know, it's like everything is variable. And like, if, you know, I'm printing on an ivory stock, but you picked a Pantone that was a little darker than 
or a little lighter than, you know, it's like printed out, then that can be all the difference. So, you know, yeah. I think when you're trying to match something specific and you're sending off to a printer, it's definitely helpful to literally send them a piece of that ribbon or send them one of those envelopes. Um, I think yeah. that's the, the most foolproof way. Um, and on that note, actually, we would be missing um, an important tool if we didn't talk about the lighting indicator in the back of the Pantone guides. So there have been a lot of times where I've seen, actually, there's one specific time where I saw someone losing their mind um, because they had received some prints and the color was insanely off and they panicked and they made a post like, what am I going to do? These are really off. These are so terrible. Like there's just like the utter panic that happens when your back is up against the wall. And then like the very next morning, they looked at them again and they were like, oh, wait, no, it is exactly the right color. It was just at nighttime in the crappy lighting of my kitchen. These looked like they were green and it's actually gray or something so, like that. You know what I mean? So true. And like, it's so I'm- true. So there's an actual lighting indicator in the back of your Pantone guide that you, um, You want to be using daylight when you're looking at colors, and that's usually around 5,000 Kelvin. And if you're not a lighting expert and you don't know what that is, Pantone has provided this really awesome little tool where they put two chips of color on top of each other. And you could just literally walk around and wait until those two chips look like one solid block of color. When they look like one solid block of color, you are in the correct lighting temperature for you to be analyzing color. If they look like two completely different colors, then you are not in the correct lighting temperature to be looking at color. (laughs) And if you are doing any kind of matching in that environment, you are very likely going to be disappointed when those prints go out into daylight because they will likely not match. Yeah, they'll be completely different. It's so crazy. Like, it's so crazy how much light affects. And I think it has a lot to do with, like, that's why I think, I mean, that's why things print so differently on coded versus uncoded stock. Yeah. It's like, that's why the ink color looks so different. It's why, I mean, the ink, like, you know, you run through ink at a different rate on coded versus uncoded stock. Like, all of those things are huge variables in how they actually look when you're done printing and when they're done drying. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a project recently where um, I had, so in my studio, I've had installed the right lighting that I need to be able to see colors accurately, Mm -hmm. but basically nowhere else in my house does that lighting exist. And so I took my prints that I printed down in the basement upstairs to like package them and it was a project where the letterpress was supposed to match the digital and downstairs in the basement, the letterpress was matching the digital perfectly and upstairs they weren't matching well at all because just the different types of ink and toner are also going to bounce light mm-hmm. differently. And so then they're, therefore it like distorts the color in addition to the color you're viewing them in, the color of mm-hmm. light you're viewing them in. <clears throat> And I was just so paranoid because I was like, honestly, I don't know how this is going to pan out because you just have to hope that whoever's going to look at these is going to look at them in daylight first and not yeah. in their dark living rooms. Yeah. And like, like now- two. Yeah, with like a totally different temperature of lighting. Yeah, well, like the sun is the sun is setting at like four thirty here in Minnesota. It's like 
yeah. you better hope they open their mail in the morning rather than the evening you know <laughs> I know I know and, and it's hard and not every color is so finicky but especially when you get into um those lighter shades or anything where like warm and cool can like make a huge difference like beiges yeah. grays stuff like that yeah definitely. Um, it yeah it's tough like it's it's very very tough so Maybe we'll have to do an episode. I could break out um, my lighting textbook. Oh my god! <laughs> we, just I can't talk wait. About, we could just talk about the science of lighting for a little while. <laughs> that would be That'd an be education fun. for me. I like it. I'm in. I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been fun. I feel glad that we finally clarified what the heck Pantone is because we've talked about it a million times. Um, yeah. So hopefully anyone who's listening who wasn't already familiar now has a better idea of what the heck we're talking about when we say Pantone colors or Pantone guidebook or PMS or any of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jillian, true question. Awesome. How old is your guide? My guide, does this sucker even have a year on it? I don't know. <laughs> It on the back it says please date this product upon first use but I sure as shit didn't do that because LOL. the line is still blank. Yeah. But can we talk about how pristine this coated guide is because I never use it? Yep. It is in I, like perfect condition. I'm going to say this is probably 2019. It's yeah. got to be. I think mine is 2018 cuz I think I got mine I got mine I love a good bargain hunt. I do not like to buy things full price. So I got my uncoated guide on eBay from somebody who wanted the coated only and wanted to sell the uncoated. So they, cause they only come in a pack the formula guide comes with the two different guides. And um, so they only needed the coated. So they sold the uncoated and I bought it. And I think I paid like, I don't know, 50 bucks for it. And um, yeah, I think I got it in 2019, so it probably was a 2018 or maybe 2019 at the very newest. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. So as I, far as like replacing it, it's there's so much debate around this, but um, you know, we've definitely both had colors that weren't in our guidebooks, and that can be annoying and problematic. But um, otherwise, it's like you know, you keep it until you you feel like you need to replace it. I think. By the way, I raised my hand earlier because. I renewed my like app. I just deleted and then re-downloaded the Pantone app. Mm-hmm. And it does show you when you type in the 18-1750, it takes you to like its main page. Cross-references. Yeah. And then if you click cross-references, well, if you swipe up and then click cross-references, the second one down is the solid uncoded. But that's such a good example of like, 200U does not look anything like the marketing for Pantone of the year. It is so much softer. It's almost like a rosebud pink. Let me see it. Through magenta. Well, it's not going to. Oh, probably- yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have it in your guide though, right? 200U? Oh, well, I don't have my uncoded guide sitting next to me. Should I go grab it? No, let's just see what 200- what the coded one looks like. What is the cross-reference oh, okay. and then... Well, I'm also sending you a screenshot of that. Excellent. And then, okay, so I'm going to go into the back and I'm going to see what page 200U is on. 47 row 5. It's um, encoded. It's 193, it says. Oh, okay. 193. Okay, so 193 is... 
Just kidding. Hold on. It's... <laughs> that was... Wait. That was the extended gamut. So the formula guide, solid uncoated is what you have, right? It's 703. Oh, okay. Solid, solid coated is 703. Okay. So 703 is... Mine says 7636. Are you kidding me? No. Under formula guide, solid coated. Formula guide, solid coated. The very first one at the top. Mine's the... No, that's solid uncoated on mine. Well, it's solid coated on mine. So mine's... uh, Why Why is there so much difference? I don't know. Like, look... Can you read that? No, but send me a screenshot and I'll send you a screenshot. So weird. Okay, well, here's 7636 and then... Okay, well, let me look up... I'm sending you all of them. All right, let me look up. This is 703. Page 51, 6. Do you see how this could be, like, really problematic, though, for clients? They just assume, like oh, I'm going to pick this thing off my app and you'll be able to figure it out. And it's like, well, your app and my app may be totally different now. Well, even when you look at the cross-references, this whole thing is like 12 different colors. (laughs) It's like not a single one of these colors is the exact same. Like not a single one on my screen. Yeah. Um, And also yours looks so different than mine. Like your... Okay, my solid coded looks way closer than your even my solid uncoated looks way closer than the one they gave you i feel like okay so of all the colors like of all the guides that it has listed you know like that one that i sent you is the closest like representation on this on my screen like on my screen that one is super close to the magenta like you can't even really see the line that divides the two colors you know yeah but yeah that's so weird um, but this 703 in my guide very much looks like what I see on their website. Yeah, that, that it's sounds very right. magenta. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. The uncoated one is a lot more pale. Yeah. It's like which is so rosier than magenta. Yeah. We should one of us should mix you know, that color and print it and see what I it actually should, looks like. I think we should both mix and then we should send them to each other and see if it comes out the same. That's a great idea. Um, you know what I used to love since we're on this topic? Uh, the gal who runs the gold letter. Is it yeah. the gold letter or is it the golden letter? The gold letter. The gold letter. Yeah. So the gal who runs the gold letter on Instagram used yes. to do these like. Yes, where everyone would vote like, on what they thought mauve everyone- was. Yes, yes. Yeah. So she would just like pick like a color like sky blue or mauve or like whatever. And then she would post huge like s- full screen wide swatches of just yeah. one color and you would have to vote yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. And yep. then she would put like this is what the most people voted mauve looked like. Totally. And it- it's so interesting because sometimes when you're voting, you well, 
all the time when you're voting, you could see the percentages of like what other people said. But sometimes you're like, oh, this is 100% what I think mauve looks like. And then you click that and you're like, wow, nobody else agreed with me? Literally. And then like the one that won like half the time, her name is Zoe, by the way. Um, Like half the time I looked it up and it is the golden letter, but the Instagram handle is the gold letter. So we were right on the money for the confusion. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So should we move into our... Favorite segment, Printmas. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we only have like three Printmases left. Aw, that's so crazy. First of all, it's crazy that it's freaking December. Yeah. Do you remember when we started this and we were like talking about preparing for holiday and now like holidays are almost over? LOL. No, that seems like... It's crazy to think about how fast this year has gone by. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. And like to imagine that like we've been doing this podcast for almost a year is <laughs> freaking insane. Like, I feel oh like my we gosh. need to get a cake next year. We need to have well, a cake. We should definitely. Okay. At the end of our last episode, we should do a little like recap of everything. Um, that'd be cute. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So. So let's Printmas. talk about Printmas for this year. For this. Week 10. <laughs> Week 10 of Printmas. Tell everyone what they're going to get, Jillian. This week on Printmas. (laughs) You could win. (laughs) I I really want to be a game show person. Okay, anyway. Anywho. um, Okay, so I had to make these for myself. So I want to make another one for a very special listener. But I am making a color swatch formula guide inspired ornament because I spend all of my time living in the formula (laughs) guide. So it is a formula guide inspired ornament um, for your studio, your tree, wherever you like to put things that can hang. Um, (laughs) I am am making one for myself. I am making one for Mariah and I am going to make one for you lucky listener so what you're saying is it's limited edition oh this is this is a limited limited edition edition. (laughs) this is a limited edition there will only be three of these in existence unless I get a burst of energy at some point in time and make more but we'll see about that anyway to enter this week's giveaway to win this very special limited edition ornament go on over to our instagram comment on this week's print miss post on whether you like to mix inks by the formula exactly or if you eyeball it (laughs) there is no right or wrong answers we want to hear what you guys are doing and if you are not at the point where you are mixing inks just let us know do you think that you would want to eyeball it or would you want to follow a formula like are you a baker or chef because I feel like there are two different things between bakers and chefs bakers follow those formulas chefs are like I'll throw a handful of this in and a sprinkle of that two different types of people in this world and Jillian and I will both go to that post and comment what we like to do because I think it's going to be funny for you all to read um (laughs) (laughs) okay awesome well um is there a deadline for people to enter this giveaway Please enter the giveaway by Friday, December 9th, 11.59 p.m., and we will select a winner over the weekend and let you know if you won. 
Yay. Woo! Happy Printmas. Happy Printmas. <laughs> All right. Well, that was very informative. Thank you so much for walking us through that, Mariah. And to be honest, I feel like I'm going to slice up this coded guide and just make some artwork out of it because it's never been used. That'd be fun. I think you should do that. <laughs> like, do you remember those, like, do you remember those, like, uh, I mean, they're still a thing, but, like, remember, I feel like they were really popular when we were younger, but, like, those pictures that were actually a whole bunch of little tiny pictures. Like, what if you did, like, yes. some kind of, like, mosaic or something out of your Pantone chips? That'd be cute. Yeah. I feel like everyone, I should, I should make a call out to the wild to say, if you want to donate your unused coded guide... Yeah. to an art project Literally. I will make I will make a little thing for you that you could hang in your studio by just cutting out the squares of color. I love it I love that'd it be fun much. that'd be super fun full support all right well thank you all for listening yeah thanks for tuning in everybody we'll see you next week bye, bye. We really went for that one. <laughs> I'm glad we just, without coordinating, just went for it. We just, we went.